Yo, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back with the Vanity Orchard Podcast. And yo, we have a special guest for you, ladies and gentlemen. Today, we have someone who, you know, his brand I've been tapped into since I believe the middle part of last year. Mm -hmm. um, and one of the things that definitely caught my eye was the first thing that caught my mind. It was this polo knit fleece. It was like a baby blue color and it just stood out so much to me. And after since then, I've just been tapped into all of his other pieces that he's made thus far. I love his uh, attention to detail when it comes to his visuals and just everything overall when it comes to the brand. Um, and I'm looking forward to having him on today. So without further ado, I'd like to have my guest introduce himself. Oh, what's up, man? It's super kind of you. Uh, my name is Alessana Pereira. Uh, I am based currently in Toronto, Canada, but I hail from two small islands on the other side of the world, one of which is New Zealand and the other of which is Samoa. So uh, kind of all over the place. I am behind the brand Spirit and Sin. It's pretty much a one-man show at the moment. So um, it may kind of look like on the outside we have a team and stuff, but it's just me for the most part. You know, we hire photographers and stuff like that to do shoots, but um, everything from, you know, vision, creative direction, photo shoot, styling, designing, making, uh, like getting shit made all the way from top to bottom. It's, it's just me. So um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's been an interesting process, but lovely to uh, to be here with you both today. Thank you. Yeah, that's that's congratulations. I know that's so much Damn. work, dude. Oh, so man, so so sure. much. But it's something beautiful with that is like you you never have to worry about like someone like someone like going outside and then someone not understanding like the mm -hmm. the vision you just mm -hmm. are tiled, dialed in 100 percent all the time which is sick but it is a lot of work dude for no, sure facts one man show damn i know yeah that's crazy uh so growing yeah. up like what were some of your early interests growing up yeah so i grew up in uh wellington new zealand which is the capital of new zealand and it's a, like a relatively big city for new zealand wise but from an american perspective it, it's tiny mm -hmm. so in, in New Zealand in general, like fashion is not, I wouldn't say it's like a, a crazy thing. It's getting bigger now. Uh, so like growing up, everybody plays rugby in New Zealand. I know you probably spoke to my homie, um, Josh from PJS. Uh, yep. And he probably kind of added a similar sentiment. So mm -hmm. growing up, I was like playing a lot of sports, uh, but I was always into fashion. My dad is like probably the main source of inspiration and a lot of the inspiration behind the brand. And he uh, he came from Samoa, which is like a very small, it's like 300,000 people in Samoa. It's a small island. It's like a, a tropical island. A lot of people don't know where it's from, but if you know The Rock, The Rock is Samoan, so you can kind of yeah. relate. Like um, Anyway, he came over and he was always like into, he works in business, so he's into suits and he was wearing like, you know, gray with a pinstripe, pink tie, you know, like, and so I always... I think when I look back now, I found a lot of inspiration in, you know, fashion from my dad at a young age because he was always, he was always trying to put that shit on. And so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, fashion was always something that was kind of uh, front and forefront as well when I was growing up. Yeah. Shout out Samoa, man. I've always wanted, I've always wanted to go. I spent some time as a kid in Hawaii. My father was in the Navy, so I'm kind of familiar with like kind of like the the culture a little bit but and i and i wasn't aware that samoa was like its own thing i thought yeah. hawaiian people that was like their eth ethnicity was samoan i didn't realize oh, that wow. like it's a whole other it's a whole other thing yeah yeah i'm meaning to get out there but that flight i'm not i'm not a <laughs> i'm not a flight <laughs> person yeah right that's you're, you're traveling for like a day you leave on saturday get, get there on monday bro with the time frame difference too it's crazy yeah yeah Jeez. 
So like, what were some of your early influences when it comes to like fashion, like growing up, like what was some things you were like tapped into? Other than your age? pops, of course, like you mentioned. Yeah. Yeah, I remember like when e-commerce, I'm old by the way, so this might date me a little bit, but like uh, looking at uh, singers and rappers and stuff and like Karma Loop. I don't know if you guys have heard of Karma Loop oh, back yeah. in the days. Oh yeah. yes, sir. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember like in New Zealand, that shit was like foreign, right? Like we didn't have LRG and roots and like that kind of stuff in New Zealand. So I tapped in and I was like saved up my money and brought like some LRG pieces cost me like a hundred dollars to ship. And then the duties was crazy. Yeah. Um, so I was always influenced by that in like sports a lot. So a uh, big, like massive NBA fan. Uh, and so like, even back then I was, I was a massive Kobe fan, but he wasn't, I wouldn't say Kobe was like the most attention to detail dressing, but he was low key, like, you know, low key getting fits off. And so American culture always influences New Zealand for sure. And so looking at like rappers, singers, I mean, Breezy was like a big influence back in the day when, uh, mm -hmm. you know, he was, I remember when Yo came out and he had that cardigan on, everyone was like, oh, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, that's crazy. Yeah. Karma of the Karma yeah. days. Damn. Yeah. That was a that was a time. Yeah, man. bro. A lot of neck Damn. beanies were purchased off of Karma Loop. And I remember like Facts. during that time, I remember, I remember watching like fashion YouTubers and like they would be providing like promo codes for like Karma mm -hmm. Loop. And I'd just be like, damn, I gotta get that. Yeah. I gotta use it. Is Karma Loop are they still around? Damn, that's a good question. I don't know. I actually don't know. I, I think I don't know. I think they got sold low-key, but they were like to me anyway, they were the first kind of like e-com. Mm -hmm. like they were essence low-key or those kind of stuff yeah, before that was even a thing you know yeah they had a million brands on karma loop like Yo. a million they had so many yeah oh so that's a good all right so it goes to my next question so like during that time you going on karma loop like what were some of the brands you were fucking with on that site at that time lrg was the main one man i just remember um trying yeah. to find allied like uh, i was just infatuated with i think i saw like somebody in america where and we'd i'd never heard of it and so that and like fitters, um, mm -hmm. I remember like the two-tone Yankees fitters and it was like mm -hmm. patches. I remember yeah, paying like $120 on, um, what's it called? Hatland.com. I remember going on Hatland like, yo, I need Damn, this. Like I we never, didn't even know what a fitted was. Oh. Yeah. I'd never even Damn. heard of Hatland. That's, that's, yeah, that's crazy. It's still yeah, running yeah. now. Yeah. I used to have like it's on still... my wall, I used to have all these fitted like hanging on my wall. It was crazy. Damn. So being into like Karma Loop and LRG, a lot of those brands were like skateboarding kind of revolving. Were you ever into like skating or anything like that? Mm. A little bit, but well, not like not like your classic fashion kid who like loves skating. I wouldn't I wouldn't say I was like crazy into fashion when I was younger. I kind of started getting into it. I just liked it wearing like, you know, trying to trying to look good. But I wasn't in the trenches now like you guys, like you could probably tell me. Some shits from like spring, summer, 04, fucking ALD lookbook or some shit. You know what I mean? Because you look yeah. at it so much and you're so into it. You know what I'm saying? That but we like, can. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But back then I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't really like exploring brands and stuff like I, like I do now. Uh, and so I wasn't, I was just into fashion, but I wasn't really like super aware of a lot of brands and stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mine was definitely like 10 deep for sure. That was your shit? Yeah, that was definitely my shit. Like, mm -hmm. I remember having this 10 deep baseball jersey, and I remember I wore that shit at least once a week. Hell yeah. I, got it, right? Hell yeah. <laughs> I was oh, a big Supreme, and, dude. I love Supreme. And the hundreds low-key. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, the hundreds. Shout out Bobby hundreds. Yeah. We gotta get yeah, him on the pod. Yeah. yeah, shout out Bobby hundreds, man. Yeah, you need um, to get him on the pod. You buy his <laughs> NFT, bro. Maybe you get him on the <laughs> Straight up. <laughs> Yo, so, like, when it comes to that, right, and just, like, 
over the years you like young years you're developing your knowledge of like fashion like did you end up going to school for fashion or like no no not at all man uh so i actually like right now i spirit is not what i do full-time so i actually work full-time in tech sales for amazon and so i've worked oh. in like corporate tech sales uh previous to amazon i was at shopify and then i was at linkedin before that and so this is not like my full-time thing by any stretch of the imagination i wish it, it would be and so when i started the brand i would say it's almost three years now bro i didn't even know what a tech pack was i didn't know nothing i just knew I remember having a conversation with my girl at the mall, like, yo, I wanted to start this brand for like years. There's a, there's a brand called I Love Ugly in New Zealand. And they used mm-hmm. to be it for a while. Like they put, they had these pants that went crazy. I'm, I'm not like a massive fan of them anymore. They're kind of falling off a little bit with all due respect. But um, I remember I have an email from 10, like 12 years ago where I emailed the CEO, like, yo, can you, can I meet with you to like, you know, yeah, tell yeah. me, you know, like help me do this shit. And he, he said, no, but he asked, he said like, just write your questions down and you send them back to me. And so I had a desire to do it for so long. Uh, but when I got there, I just, bro, I had no idea. And I think it's probably good I had no idea because if I knew how hard it was, I probably would have not done it. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys have, either of you have ever tried to make a product or get a product from mm-hmm. like your head into manufacturing. Yeah. It's a lot. Yeah, and just yeah. not like, you, you can do blank shit, but even blank shit is difficult, bro. You gotta get, mm-hmm. you gotta get it here. You gotta tag it. You gotta get it printed. like. Uh, and so I have no, I had no conceptual knowledge of like, I didn't study for fashion, nothing. I just like, yo, I want to try to do this shit. And, you know, three years later, I still am probably like, I know like 10% of probably what I need to know. Um, right, and right. so I do have a massive respect for people that go to school for it. Like, I think there's this thing in the fashion industry where it's like people like Jerry are kind of like the, the fashion with the capital F kind of look down a little bit on it because they're like, oh, you didn't go to Central St. Martin's for four years and like, you know, do your time. And so they kind of frown a little bit, I feel like, on people that are self-taught. But mm-hmm. man, not everybody not everybody can go to school for fashion and not everybody kind of like makes their mind up that early. So it's a long-ass answer to your question. But Yeah, no, but it's, we live in a time where I say it all the time, this is YouTube University. I mean, if you really need to know how to do something, you don't have to pay all that money. And like, I know people who went to Fit who aren't, doing shit with it like they're not designing like at all they're just working yeah. like some other jobs so you know it's you really don't need it anymore yeah, yeah and i think the trend too that we've just noticed with our podcast and just having brand owners on like most of them don't have like yeah. a fashion like fashion school background like most of them just went to school for like either business mm-hmm. or just in general so it's like it's very interesting just to see that you don't have to have that necessary schooling background mm-hmm. to get into this like right but like 40 years ago you definitely would have like oh needed to go to school oh, for to learn, sure. you know yeah. so yeah it's, it's a crazy world we live yeah in and the the internet has made it like uh has made it possible for you to kind of start a brand and do all of that stuff so the barrier mm-hmm. for entry is really low which means it's like super oversaturated which mm-hmm. means that it's very very difficult to stand out but there's like a YouTube is amazing, but there's like a theory versus actually doing it. And right. you're just never going to learn until you actually do it. It's like, mm-hmm. it's like uh, if you're a boxer and you never tra- you never sparred, you just hit pads and then you got on the ring, bro, you're getting knocked out. But if you spar a lot, like you're actually doing it and you're going to get to the point where you learn. And so I wish I started my brand like 10 years earlier when I sent that email because you just get the cycle. Like you try and make something and it's like, oh shit, like I didn't know the shoulder drop or the armhole opening needs to be like this but i know now because it's 
it cost me a hundred dollars to make the sample and I fucked it up and I'm like, right. oh, I'm not going to do that next time. But you also, you also kind of don't even know what questions to ask. So like, even if I had somebody next to me, I'm like making a t-shirt. I don't know to ask him like, oh, what the armhole thing should be and how to grade it and like how small the uh, like the hemline should be and what looks and you don't you don't even know which questions to ask and so you just got to throw yourself in the deep end and you'll figure it out because you'll fuck it up and when you're putting your own money behind it you're going to learn pretty quickly yeah straight up yeah yeah straight up now when it comes to the brand spirit and sin when did you initially start the brand and then also how did you come up with the name as well yeah so uh almost three years ago now um and the brand what the brand is about has changed a lot and the name came from uh like i'm just trying to find something that sounds legit that's what it was at the start because i had no concept of the other part of uh, building a brand is like there's a brand side of it and then there's like a product side of it and then there's a commercial side of it i didn't know any of that i was just like all right bet i'm trying to find something that sounds cool and i was like going back and forth with uh names with my girl and we're like Spirit and Sin came. I was like, "Fuck, that sounds that sounds like something I could see. I could hear somebody like, oh, 'Oh, fucking with Spirit and Sin.' I'm like, oh, it sounds good." And so that's the honest, transparent truth. I'm not gonna sit up here and lie and be like, "Yo, bro, there's a shit on the whiteboard." It's like Einstein shit and meets this and that. Right. And so early on, it was like this: the part of the brand was meant to be about duality. Like I just like the you know the the good and the bad, and it kind of tied into a lot. But the mm. brand message and what are the brand is about is like evolved over time so there's not a huge tie back to the actual name but there's no way i'm leaving the name just because we've kind of we've built it a lot but i would say going back you have to think about how uh like i know design acumen and so like if you spirit anson is actually really difficult from from a design aspect to like put on logos and stuff and so like there's a um you know pierre moss uh, he wanted to call it Pierre, but because four and four look really good in design language, he added the four to make it, it's like ALD. It looks right. really good because of the cadence and how many words there are. And so if I could go back, I would probably consider that more because now when I'm designing stuff, like S isn't the most flattering letter in typography and like mm-hmm. the and and how many, this is probably too much detail, but like spirit and sin, it doesn't, you know what I mean? It's not even. Right. Uh, and so I, th- these are all things I had no idea about, right? Like back back then, but now as you kind of learn, you go through the cycles. And so we're at a place today um, where that's that's the brand means something very, very different than what it did when it started. Right. Wow. So when it comes to your design process, um, how do you, like, how does it go? Do you start with like an idea? Do you, do you see something that like, oh, I can make this better? Or do you, is it something that just kind of comes out of you and like, does it start with a sketch or does it start with kind of, um, you know, just to talk about your design process a little bit? Yeah, it's changed a lot. Like I didn't, I obviously didn't know how to design. And so I now have like a little bit of a better process, but it's not perfect. Um, I'm a very, like, I need to see it. Uh, I need to like see the sample, which is bad because it, it cost me a lot of money. I can't visualize it. Right. And I don't know how to use, I know how to use Illustrator and stuff a little bit, but not super well so i can't mock it up like crazy um it usually starts with like a piece or something like i'm thinking like okay i want to design like a mohair sweater and more and more the design process is trying to uh find a reference and so there's a product reference but then there has to be a brand reference which i'm learning more 
And so Spirit and Sin uh, now is a luxury menswear brand uh, inspired by my Samoan roots. So we like coined the term Samoan luxury. So it's like luxury through a, a Samoan lens. And where is the reference that ties back to brand? And uh, how do we tell that story? And so an example of that is uh, we're working on some knits at the moment uh, that are similar to the Ralph, like uh, I'll show you, I have them out back, but uh, like the Ralph America flag knit, but it's the Samoan flag. And so okay, that's yeah. something that, where the design process is getting more in line with brand versus where it started was like, what looks cool? What's missing from my wardrobe? And that's important, but everybody makes a hoodie, bro. Like you, Mm. the reason that you're attracted to somebody's hoodie is not necessarily because the, the cuff is like this much better or the cut is that much better. It's the brand that you're relating to. It's why fair of God can charge $800 for a hoodie, but I could make the same hoodie. That's the same quality and it just no one's buying it for more than $200. And so my design process has started to reference brand a little bit more um, and try and tie it in and try and all sail in the right direction. So we start with, well, I start with just like the product and then how does the product tie into brand? And then how does that product fit into like the universe of what we're trying to build at Spurgeonson? And this is like a pretty new revelation. And so I would say like where my brand is now, we're so I'm so small, man. It's just like a drop in the bucket. And mm-hmm. I'm just like in the words of Rick Ross, I'm just trying to move uh, correctly rather than quickly. And I've tried mm-hmm. to move quickly in the past and missed a bunch of these things. So three years in, I feel like I'm still at the, the start of the journey because I feel like, okay, I, I kind of understand what this needs to be and where it needs to get to. So it's a long answer, but that's kind of, it ties into the design process. Mm-hmm. no that's perfect wow yeah damn i love that um and then when it comes to visually right um how much time is taken into account when it comes to drawing up the necessary overall look for what you're trying to get off in terms of uh actual like lookbook for some of the pieces you do put out um because for me and i've kind of reiterated this on this podcast just like my love for when it comes to brands being able to show off that visual presentation when it comes to particular pieces and knock it out the park. So for you, what's that process look like for you? Yeah, it's a lot of like, uh, it's difficult because if I could shoot everything I wanted in my head, it would look very different, but I don't have the resource to do that. And Mm -hmm. so I'm constrained a little bit. Like, for example, uh, the latest stuff we shot, we just shot on my, in my house. And I just have a couple of homies that I know to model and so I don't actually have the resource to be like, if I could do whatever I wanted, uh, the, the lookbooks would be like very different, but I'm just trying to do as much as I can. And so there's always like a, a brand element to it. And so like, I'll take the last lookbook, for example, it's like Spirit Instance always been like super clean. Um, but if you look at the lookbook, there's like a Samoan painting in the corner and then there's a kava bowl, which is in Samoan culture when you go onto uh a couple of different use cases, but like you go into a village, you drink from the kava bowl and you sit down and ceremonial. And so that's to me encompasses what Samoan luxury is. It's like, here's this uh, like beautiful mohair piece that's set in like a modern environment, but it has the touches of Samoa, which is like what I am and uh, what I'm trying to portray. So ideally I'm trying to think how does, you know, how does that look from a brand perspective? And in the past, I'll be honest, I'm just trying to make it look good. And so I'm transitioning over to getting it to a point, like I say, with the design where it all kind of falls into this brand story. 
so that somebody that doesn't know just looks at it and goes, oh, I, I understand what it is. And so it's always kind of clean. I try and like tactically, I'm just looking at studios and like, okay, uh, where can we shoot? And then how can we elevate it a little bit? And I shoot with the same uh, photographer all the time. So we have a good kind of rapport and that's kind of the creative process of how we figure out what the, what the look is going to be like. You mentioned that you shot, you shot some stuff at your house. And is that the stuff that's on the Instagram page? Yeah, just the most recent, like uh, literally, yeah. like the photo with the. Um, you have a beautiful uh, house, bro. That's a you have quite quite the residence. Oh, thank you, bro. It's, we um, that's just one of the like we renovated um, this house. Like we moved in maybe like uh, almost a year ago now and, and renovated it. So, but shout out to my wife. That's like a lot of her. Um, and to your point around visuals, like she helps a lot. She's got a great eye for, she's got great taste, um, full stop. And so she designed a lot of the house. I was kind of just like, yeah, it's great. But yeah, uh, yeah. we we kind of put the third floor, the thing like that. So I could shoot stuff there, like with that in mind, because and like I said, like I, this is a, this is a part-time thing. Like I don't have, I don't have a team or nothing. I don't have like a, you know, $10,000 budget to fly somewhere and do something. If it's shot overseas, it's because I'm traveling and I just took my camera and learned how to shoot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, hey, amen. Trying to get like you one day. I'm trying to grow up and be like you <laughs> for real. No, I'm I'm old, bro. That's why it's not it's not <laughs> impressive. I'm, it's not impressive. I'm just old. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> so since starting Spirit and Sin, what's been the fav- your most favorite piece that you've made thus far? Probably that baby bloom over here that you talked about, but um, mm-hmm. also uh, is a green cardigan which we mm-hmm. did in a collaboration with my boy Rodney, and like that kind of got on some people and kind of from a traction standpoint that really was uh like really helpful and the pieces itself it looks pretty plain but if you feel it and like i really love our cotton knits like if you feel them it's it's crazy it's like super super heavy and i think that's also a testament to like some of the guys that some of those like uh high profile guys that put it on because they wouldn't you know they wouldn't necessarily put it on if it feels like trash and so Mm-hmm. like knitwear is also is always is always going to be my favorite it just you just feel like i don't know about you guys you just feel elite you put on a mohin and you're like yo i'm I'm a guy you know what i mean you walk outside yeah. like, i feel i feel legit yeah and like i love the uh the brown color you did with that same knit polo and like i remember just like wearing it and i was just like wow like it's like made so for- perfectly because you would think like it's heavy but it's really not like mm-hmm. it's very lightweight like, I feel like I wouldn't, like, burn up necessarily in it. Like, obviously, I'm not going to wear it in 90-plus degree mm-hmm. weather, but, like, it's very, like, yeah, light. You, and I lo- you went crazy with those photos, too, bro. I appreciate you. And um, you have the baby blue and the brown, and you'll notice the heavy difference. Yeah. And so the blue one was, like, to me, that's so fire, but it's um it's too heavy and dense where there's not a lot of, like, times you can wear it, which is why the brown one, right. people are, like, Yo, this is uh, this is amazing, but I want something that I can wear more uh, like all year round type thing. So right. that's why there's a little bit of different in the gauge of how how heavy it is. And so you mentioned you know the cardigan getting on some high profile um, people, and I wanted to point out that it's it's on one of my favorite hoopers, Jason Tatum. Shout out Celtics. Mm. You you know what I'm saying we we, we got a thing out here. You know what I'm saying. Yeah. So how does it feel to like see people like that where your products like it has to feel good right yeah for before i answer that though how, how nervous were you after game one 
I wasn't that nervous. <laughs> I wasn't that nervous. I was like, okay, we're just, just feeling it out a little bit. Just feeling it out. Yeah, yeah. But we back. We I think we won last night too, right? I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. JT yeah. went off to we hit that big step back in the fourth to put it yeah. away. Yeah. I think I think I missed the I missed the game last night, but I did see that they won. Yeah, yeah. we we it's we coming we coming. Oh yeah, I think it's the year. From, I think it's the year. Are you from Boston? No, I'm from uh, Virginia. We don't have a team out here, but I fuck with how oh, like I, I fuck with like the young blood on that team, yeah, and like yeah, yeah. I just like yeah, how it's like they're all hungry. Like, Jalen Brown is crazy, bro. Yeah, he's he's a dog. He's yeah. underappreciated, bro. That people don't realize that he a lot of the reason why JT is JT is because of because of, of him Jaylen and what he does. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it's uh, crazy because not just Jason Tatum. I've seen uh the Brown Polo Netflix on another NBA player. He plays for the Pelicans. Uh if I'm not mistaken, his name's like Trey Murphy or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Trey Murphy. Um yeah, to answer your question, like where I grew up watching NBA, I grew up like pretending to be sick uh when Kobe was in the playoffs and watching him play the Pistons. And so like I played I played basketball growing up. Obviously, like any kid, I thought I was going to the league, but bro, there's no chance I was going like YMCA league. But uh, yeah, as a kid, you're like, yo, I'm, I'm going to do that. So seeing it on those guys is like crazy to me. It's still like, it was just like a surreal moment. Um, it's that's To me, it's like bigger than being on a celebrity because I watched hooping growing up. You know, I watched basketball all the time. So it was just, a, it's a crazy feeling. Um, and I think the more like, for example, Kuz wore it on, in, in a GQ shoot. Mm-hmm. And so that... More for me, like in New Zealand, we come from a culture where like being humble was the biggest compliment and we're super humble people, which is great. But it means that you never really feel like you feel like you have imposter syndrome all the time. Like I never feel like, oh, I'm good enough to be in this fashion thing. Like I, this is like real shit. I'm like, man, I don't know if I can actually do this. Uh, you know what I mean? I don't know if I'm like good enough or, you know, I'm always trying to get better. And so for him, for someone like Kuz, who has a stylist, who wears Rick, Raph, to pick it, to wear in like a GQ shoot. Like he's pulling up the GQ, bro. He's trying to get this flyer shit off. Right. Um, yeah. So for him to pick, get the cardigan, pick it and be like, yo, this is what I'm going to wear. Like that was more of a, um, just something like as a confident, like, you know what, like you're, we're on the right path here. And uh, we've had some feedback from like, luckily, like even Kuz, like, oh, I'm trying to get all the, like, I need more colors. And so it's, that was more of like a validation, like, you know what, like maybe, maybe we can do this. Like maybe we do belong here. And uh, it's, it's difficult sometimes because you think like, uh, like, I don't, I'll be completely honest. I'm not making millions of dollars a year by doing this. I haven't taken a cent out of the business. In fact, I'm probably losing money. Right. And so you mm-hmm. have these days where like, man, I've got a good ass job, got a family. Like maybe I should just, cause this shit's hard, man. I'm up at like, you know, packing, I packed all the orders for three years. And so a lot of the time you're like, man, I should just, man, fuck this. You know what I mean? I've invested mm-hmm. thousands of my own money. And so moments like that, you're like, all right, bet. like there is something here and maybe, maybe we do have something. And that was, yeah, it's a surreal moment, man. I still, it still doesn't really like feel real to me. And I know it's not a big deal for a lot of brands, but for someone like me, who's like in my basement, shipping shit out of my basement, uh, it's, it's a big deal for me. It's someone from like this, you know, on the other side of the world to, I'm grateful. Yeah, man. And just to like, just to see that, you know, you are a one man show. And just to see that recognition from someone who, like you said, growing up, you watch basketball. So just seeing like someone of that stature to choose an item of yours when they could have chose anything in the wardrobe to 
pick that specific piece and wear it for a GQ shoot is like, damn, like that's got to be one of those things where you just look at and just be like, damn, like, yeah, I'm him. It's me. Like, yeah, I really I'm got him. this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, so that's so dope, man. Um, yeah. And sh- shout out to Rodney too, because uh, the crew's look anyway, we, uh, we, we plugged it through one of his boys too, uh, is on the Washington team. So it wouldn't have happened without him. Mm, damn. Now for the brand itself, like, could you see yourself going like brick and mortar soon, like having like a store or is that something where you're not really leaning on wanting to do? Uh, I think like any brand owner's dream is having a, like a flagship store. So for sure. But I think increasingly, like there was this, there's this massive uh, macroeconomic trend where e-commerce just in general was flying like a couple of years ago and it's really come down. And I think it's really important now you have to have a multi uh, like layered approach. And so you have to have some kind of physical presence uh, in order for people to relate. Like it's just not the glory days of e-com where you could put money behind Facebook ads and just print print money. And because there's so many brands, the, like the level of choice and complexity is really hard. And especially at the price point that I'm at, like I'm not luxury, like $500 a hoodie, but I'm not selling like $30 t-shirts. Mm-hmm. And so to convince somebody to actually buy something online, that's like $200 or $300, like you I've learned you need some kind of physical experience. So I would love to have a store. I just don't think it's, it's well, I know it's not financially feasible, but I need to find a way to, uh, you know, have some kind of physical presence. But um, it's a little bit hard for me because half of my customers are in Australia, New Zealand, and like maybe 20% of my customers are in Toronto and the rest is like new, uh, like Europe and UK. And so I should do something here. Um but um, yeah, I, I, I should. It's a great reminder. I, I need to do something, but I would love to have a store one day for sure. Perfect. Now, I know that you've already done a collaboration already with um friend of the podcast, Mr. Josh from uh, Port of James. Shout out Josh. Um, now, when, what's your like mindset behind like collaboration? Is that something you want to continue to do? And also, is there particular brands out there who you would love to collaborate with? Yeah, uh, shout out Josh, man. That's my brother. Um, uh, yeah, that was cool. I think the short answer is yes. Uh, the longer answer is it's difficult now. I think like it's super oversaturated with collaborations and it feels like there's just like logos being chucked on stuff. But I'm not going to cap. If it's like a massive brand, I was like, yo, we're trying to collaborate. Say less, but run it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah, if, yeah, if yeah. Nike came knocking or any of those big brands, like, you'd probably be crazy to to not do it. But um, I still think we're just not even close to being big enough to where uh, we can provide value in a way to a brand and that there's like synergy. I think now that I'm more tapped into what a brand is and means, I'm more uh, like conscious of what the safeguards are. And so if um, I just had a random collaboration that didn't make sense for the brand, like customers understand that and they're like, this kind of feels wrong uh so yeah i but the other thing i'm thinking about collaboration wise is i'd want to do something that's outside of fashion so like brands collaborating with other brands is kind of like you see it a lot but right like uh josh for example uh is like a he loves incense like kumba incense he put me onto so like something like that would be would be uh would be good tough tough now before the year is up what are some goals you're trying to achieve not only with the brand but also yourself Mm -hmm. Um, I don't, yeah, I mean, I'm just, this year is really focused on like operationally and brand. And so like we're, I'm moving to 3PL to New Zealand for like cost efficiencies. It's just a whole part of the business that you don't know. And like, 
all of the unit economics and making sure that you're profitable. Like that's a big goal for us to get to the point where we just know our numbers and know what we are, we're trying to do from, from an operation standpoint. Like I said before, I'm just trying to move like correctly rather than quickly and just make sure that we're delivering at a high level from a like product standpoint and from a, from a look standpoint and just try and get better every time we do that. And I think the rest will fall into place. So there's no like crazy, massive, massive goals. It's more like get, get your house in order and then you can start to scale once the operation side is on because we've, we've gotten a lot better at actually making good quality product. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so when it comes to like experience and what are the next things that you're wanting to take it to in these next few years? Like what's the like, what's the like angle do you see yourself for the brand? I mean, it's probably hard to kind of like pinpoint now, but mm -hmm. like, what's the like, where do you see like the angle for like Spirit and Sin? Man, I just, the, to be honest, I just want to do this shit full time. Like I just want to replace my income and like when you work in a corporate environment or you work for a job, you're like, what you're what I'm chasing right now is freedom and mm -hmm. the freedom to do whatever you want with your time. And so you get sucked into financial freedom and stuff with like corporate organizations, which is great. But if somebody can tell you where you need to be, you're never actually free. And so even the CEO of like Nike, for example, he reports to the board. He can't right. just go, he's financially free for sure, but he can't just go like, you know what, it's Tuesday, I'm going to, you know, the South of France or whatever it is. Uh, he has to report to a board, he has people. And so what I'm really chasing is to get to a point where I can just do what I love and I'm free and I can live in Europe for six months and New Zealand for six months and just do this thing. And I don't, I don't necessarily need to be, you know, like a billion dollar brand. That would be great. But uh, that's, that's kind of what I'm chasing to do what I love and, and be free. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now with, you know, we live in a time where like, there's a lot of brands. There's a lot of lot of different people making a lot of different products. How do you think that Spirit Instance stands out from the rest? I'll be honest, man. We haven't done a good enough job yet of proving why that is. So, like, that's mm -hmm. the honest truth. And mm -hmm. maybe I'm being a little bit too open on on here, but um, I think that's what we're working working towards. Because I could sit here and be like, "Oh, we make the best crop, uh, like oversized mohair thing," but to most consumers that's not a big enough point of difference. Uh, and so where, where I'm trying to get to is we have like a niche uh, where the point of difference will be like, there's nobody on this planet that has a, uh, a luxury menswear brand that's inspired by Samoa. And so nobody can take that away from us. And that's kind of the point of difference that we're moving towards, but we haven't told the story well enough for people to resonate with that. Like if I asked you what the brand was like, you probably wouldn't, I don't know, maybe you would, but um, I don't think we have done a good enough job yet of proving what the actual point of difference is. And it's really hard to do in fashion because it's a commodity, like everybody has a hoodie. Uh, and so I still don't think that Spirit Instant is there yet. I think we're still at the infancy of proving out why we are unique and why there is value there. I, I, I mean, I think the, the clothes speak for themselves, the, the quality is really good, but you can get quality anywhere, right? Um, mm -hmm. and so it's still a work in progress is honest truth. Wow. Well, well. And before we get you out of here, man, I have some last questions for you. Uh, what are some of your, other than of course your brand, what are some of your favorite brands currently right now? And then also who do you got winning the NBA finals this year? Yeah. Who do you have? <laughs> Not the fucking sons. God damn. 
<laughs> Shit. Before the, the series, I would, yeah. yeah, I mean, before the series, I would have said, like, I would have said the Suns had a, a shot, but like, man, Book and KD went off last night, like off, they off, did. and they won by and they won by seven points. Though, you yeah. know what I mean? They have to play at that level every single game to get close. So, um, I'm a I'm I I'm a Lakers fan just because I'm I was a Kobe fan when I was young, so I'm just loyal to the Lakers. So, you know, I would love for the Lakers to to win. That would be my like win. Who do I think is going to win? I think the Celtics will, to be honest. Yeah, like they went so deep man. last year. Um, I think so too. Yeah, got money on it. Knicks, man. Orange and blue sky, baby. Hey, and if you see me, if you see me post a throwback with JT wearing the cardigan when they were just double tap it and mind your business. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, I got you. I got you. Damn. Um, uh, brands, uh, Porter James Sport, Adidas Asterix. Those are my two favorite brands. Those are my homies. Um, I, I try not to look at brands a lot anymore because I find mm-hmm. that you become influenced. I, I mean, I had this conversation with Nico from Adidas like two years ago and I was still new to kind of get what he meant. I'm like, yo, have you seen like the ALD shit? He's like, nah, I don't really look at it anymore. And I'm like, oh, that's crazy. But now I understand because you might not think you're getting influenced, but you are, but you're taking it in. And then when you come to design, you end up doing something and you, you that's in the back of your head, but you, it's like subconsciously. So I don't really like have a huge, I don't look at a lot of brands, but I will say, I know ALD is kind of too mainstream now, like the real fashion yeah. people are like, oh, it's cooked, it's cooked, you know what I mean? Yeah. But like, bro, you have to put some respect on that man's name, like what he's doing at a consistent level and like the level of execution is is, is ridiculous. I like some smaller brands like Soul Nash. Have you heard of Soul Nash from um, no, UK? Uh, they're pretty fire. I love what Cortez is doing from a marketing standpoint. Like that's pretty undeniable. Uh, yeah, those are the ones that kind of come top of mind. But as I say, I try not to like look at it a huge amount, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, we want to say, man, thank you so much for coming onto the podcast. It was a true pleasure having you on. Um, on behalf of myself as well as Elijah, we want you to continue to succeed with your brand. We want you to have you know, just all the success you possibly can in terms of getting more NBA players, maybe NFL players in your in your pieces, just like overall, I love the aspect that, you know, it is a one man show, but, you know, you're eventually going to get to that point you need to. Um, and like you said, you already know that there's certain things that you can work on and you can get better on in terms of the execution, but you know that those are there like you know what you need to work on Mm -hmm. and so at that point you know what needs to be done to get you to that point so um yeah man so we wish you the best and like i said it was a true pleasure having you on so thank you yeah where can the people follow you on socials and stuff yes first of all thank you man i appreciate it uh it's just spirit and sin one word on instagram uh but before i do go i just want to say a massive shout out and just like speak life to you guys i've seen When I first saw this podcast, uh, Nico was on it. Like, mm-hmm. that's how I discovered you. And um, you're in a stu- like, people can't see, but they're in a studio right now. They're doing this at a consistent level. And that means that they're investing. That means that they're not just, uh, you know, pulling up and doing it in a, in a garage. They mm-hmm. clearly care about the sound quality. They've had some crazy guests on. I'm probably at the bottom of that list. But um, I just want to say, I just want to say you guys are doing amazing work. Like it's really, really hard to be consistent in doing something like this. And even mm-hmm. Kenneth, your kind of shoots and stuff that you do. So just keep pushing, man. I, I see what you guys are doing and um, shout out to you. Keep, keep killing it. Thank you for having me. I uh, had a great time. 
Well, thank I you so much. It. it means a lot. Um, ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Vanity Neutral Podcast, and we are signing out. Bye. Peace.